Hey, this is Reza. This is Sandy. Welcome to the Stone Cold Sober Podcast. Thanks for stopping by. Hello and welcome to the 197th episode of the Stone Cold Sober Podcast. Yeah, man. It's, uh, how was your weekend? It was good. Kicked off, uh, the transitioned into, into autumn. Pretty like, it happened during the day. It was really funny. Um, so the 22nd, right? That was the first day of autumn? No, 21st. Ah, uh, shoot, it's 21st. You're right. Never mind. It was not the 21st. That was the, <laughs> that, that, that had that transition for us. It was yesterday, the 22nd on Saturday. So, um, Lena and her, her stepdad had told us, uh, like a week ago, that they were going to be hosting a, a vegan festival at um, at the local park here, so we decided, yeah, we'll pop. Wait, in and they check themselves it out. were going to host it, or they heard that it was getting hosted. He heard that he heard that it was being hosted there, and so we were like, oh, let's go check it out. You know, could be good food, could be just you know fun to check out. None of us are vegan, but figured it could be cool anyway. So not if Elena had her way. <laughs> I think she likes meat too much, um, but. Similar to me, like, you just don't so. really have the patience to, to prep meat. Um, so, like, we, you know, some people, they need meat in every single meal of their day. I can go several days without eating any type of meat, and that's fine with me. Yeah, but I, I do I, that. Yeah. So. Do eggs count as meat? Uh, so, eggs, you would not eat eggs if you were vegetarian, if you were vegan. You could if you were vegetarian. Um, I eat eggs a decent amount for, yeah. like, breakfast and stuff, so. Um, yeah, that wouldn't cut it for me. Gotcha. Anyways, um, continue. Yeah, so, went to the vegan fest, and before we left, like, when we walked outside, it was, like, the perfect day, for me, at least. It was, like, 75, sunny, just a light breeze. You know, it was, it was, yeah. it was good. I was wearing shorts, short sleeves, had sunglasses on, we're hanging out there, uh, eating food and such, and then, like, near the end of it, it just started to get like cold. The wind started picking up a little bit more. Clouds started to come in, come out and the temperature just dropped a bit. And all of a sudden I was like, oh, it feels like fall. And I was like, oh shoot, it is fall. Love it. That I was, love that was it. a transition for me. So it was a day late, I guess. Um, yeah. and, and that, that continued today. It was just raining all day. Um, I did not wear a sweater, but I did have jeans, which I haven't really worn, um, since spring. I've just been wearing shorts most of the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, so. That was a bit of a change for me, and yeah, it's 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 nice that it's not like super hot anymore. Um, oh yeah, to not be able to be constantly sweating the second you leave the house, it's great. Yeah, yeah, like it, uh, one of the big things. That, I mean, we've talked about it before, but my CrossFit gym, there's no air conditioning in the uh, the workout space that we have. Mm-hmm. So on some days when it's just like super hot and humid. It's just brutal when we're doing these like 20 some minute workouts. It's, it's ex- absolutely exhausting. And like, I, I'm at a point, especially during those workouts where I'm like, yeah, um, I'm not trying to finish anywhere near as quickly as possible. I'm just trying to finish and try to finish without like even coming close to passing out. Cause I sweat too much. Like, I feel like I just operate five degrees hotter than everybody else at least. Because when we finish some of these workouts, I am just drenched in sweat. It looks like I dunk my head into pool, into like a pool. And other people are just like looking real like, you know, they like they went for a light workout, nothing crazy. And I'm just like pouring water from the, my head 
Maybe it's because I'm bald. I don't know. But um, hey, it's better to sweat than to not sweat. Hundred <laughs> percent. You so know some, that. Some of these workouts, I just feel like death. You know, um, I'm just like supremely hot, and I feel like I look like it as well. Mm-hmm. So with the the temperature dropping a bit, it'll make it a little and much more bearable for me. Yeah, I mean, I you want to talk about sweating? I I'm a big sweater. And yeah. so that is why I'm so excited for the fall, just so that this doesn't have to become one of those things where there's like not enough, like you, you can't escape the heat. And I always wear an undershirt and all that, but like come, yeah. come fall, man, it's like sweater weather, light jacket weather. Like there's just so many, uh, opportunities to just start wearing, uh, more, uh, sort of layers of clothing. Um, and I like bundling up also. Yeah. It, uh, what's it called? It is much easier to run outside uh, without having to wake up at an obscene hour. Yeah, that is very that is very true. Yeah. Um, I know that Lena. So Lena hates working out in the evenings or even at noon during the summer because if she can't wake up at like the, for that five or six a.m. workout. That's her only other alternative, and it's just so much hotter oh, for yeah. her in those classes. Um, on the on the other end, I have never made it to one of those early classes, <clears throat> and I'm probably the person who needs to most because of the way uh, my body works. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, with the uh, change of the seasons, it'll be a little easier for her, I think, especially that like that five that five thirty class. Those evening classes to me feel worse than the noon class. Why? I don't. I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know if it. Maybe it's because defend your position. <clears throat> I'm literally just going based off my feeling alone and how I feel mm. at the end of a brutal like after like a hot workout. Maybe it, maybe it's just because the temperature hasn't risen in the building as much. So when we're doing like because we we do a, like during the summer we do a lot of like inside outdoor inside and outdoor uh, workouts where we like do some type of like weightlifting component. And then we go run and then we come back in, lift those weights again, and then we go run again. And we do this consistent, like, you know, without rest for like 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And it could be just, it could just be that, you know, of course the outside temperature might be the same or even hotter at noon than it is at like 530 or 630 in the evening. However, inside the temperature may not, the, the inside the temperature just may be cooler at noon than it would be at 530 because it just hasn't been hot outside very long. And so the temperature indoors hasn't risen enough. So that that's my only guess, but okay. I'm, I'm literally just going based off of how I felt after some of these workouts. And after those five thirty workouts, sometimes I just feel like death and totally understandable after some of those noon workouts or during some of those noon workouts, I just feel like, you know, the, I, I don't feel like I'm being restricted by the temperature of the room and like, and or my body, um, as compared to the evening class. So I get it. I get it. Yeah. That's uh, it's one of those things where, uh, I've had to nurse, uh, I've, I've been nursing an injury recently and I have found that it's easier to quote unquote suffer through a run. Uh, not that I usually suffer through runs, but it's easier to get going, I guess when it's just much cooler outside i uh recently what had happened was i think just through you know overuse and training and maybe not uh definitely not 
I guess, rolling and stretching as much afterward as I should have. Uh, I pulled, there was a slight pull of the soleus, which is, so like, if you, if you look at the, if you look at your calf, um, there's like a left side of the calf, a right side of the calf, and like, uh, the middle, uh, there's like a lower aspect, uh, in terms of like, I guess like top down, um, lower middle, that's closer to like the thing that connects to your Achilles. And it okay. is called the soleus. And I must have pulled it a tiny bit. And boy, oh boy, last Monday, I, I was like already resting it. Cause I told you, right? Like I'm resting it. I'm not trying to push too hard. I'm trying to make sure that I'm able to run as much as I can. And, right. uh, I ran a five miler and it was like a little bit tight at the beginning of the run. And then I felt it go away. And I was like, okay, not bad. Feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty good. And then. The next morning, I was like, okay, well, if five miles last night, the night before, rather, felt good, I'm sure that I can run nine the next morning. And then when I went to go run, as I'm, as I'm walking out there, I'm like, ooh, you know, there's a, there's a tightness, like a real tightness. And I've already, like, stretched out and uh, done all that stuff. And next thing you know, I, as I start going for my run, I don't even make it a quarter mile. And then it feels like my calf is going to rip off the bone. And that sounds terrible. It sounds a little bit terrible. It's more of like, you know, like when you work out, you know, there's a difference between like ache pain or like a good pain versus like a bad pain. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Like, I feel like it's one of those things where like if you don't work out, it's I guess it's hard for me to really um, sort of describe the difference between a good pain and a bad pain. I think good pain is one of those things where like you feel like a resistance that you can easily like continue to push through. I think there's the bad pain is the kind where you feel like something is about to tear or break or get pulled and you just you don't feel confident like going a hundred percent. Do you think that's a fair sort of assessment? I think so. Um and so I went to PT and like it looks like based on how you're walking, based on what you're describing, that you must have you know, there's a light pull of your soleus, so um what he did was he applied kinesiology tape, uh, sort of like, you know, when you look at like beach volleyball, uh, those like long things that they're like have on their arms and their legs and all that, like the long black tape. Uh, so I had that on my calf and it's just been a lot of like PT exercise with like calf raises or like this, like, like, uh, a lot of things that have to do to like, uh, lengthen the calf, um, and, Make sure that the long fibers of my um, of my calf like heal properly without needing to like feel like they're getting pulled in any way. So that's what I've been dealing with. But the the cooler weather definitely makes it easier for me to want to go out there and continue to do what I do. Yeah, uh, it was funny. Yeah. I, my good friends Greg and uh, Pat they went for an eighteen and nineteen mile run. And they were like, oh, you know, we did all our things at like a 720 pace. And then the last mile we pushed to like 650. And I was like, yeah, like I really, really wow. miss being able to just like say that I was out there. Because uh, I've been I've been on those longer runs, not to like that length or that distance rather. Um, but it's definitely something that I didn't feel like it was a chore to be out there. That at a certain point I did enjoy being out there. And so it's right now, it's kind of a, a balance to figure out how to rehab this properly 
um, but also not um, not hurt myself. Yeah, definitely. Any further, I'm definitely. I think I told you like well, a really common saying is the the biggest challenge uh, to running a marathon is showing up yeah. to the starting line uninjured. Uh, and the PT guy says, "Goes yeah, all of my clients right now are marathon trainers." Um, like they're, they're pulling here, they're tweaking that. Like it's, you're, you're in, unfortunately you're in good company. He said, uh, he did make a comment that I have very well-defined calves. So <laughs> I was like, you always love to throw that in there whenever you can, don't you? Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I, you know, I blushed. So, um, <laughs> and then today, uh, Carol and I, we went to a running store, uh, and I got, um, calf compression sleeves. So, I'm gonna run with those, and we're gonna see how I feel. Okay. Yeah, I'll let you know. Yeah, I was telling, I was talking to Lane about this, and I was, I was wondering, or I was kind of like, so one, one of our, one of our coaches at CrossFit, he, he does a lot of like distance runs, mm-hmm. and he was saying he's gonna be, he's gonna be doing a marathon. Um, I think it's, I think it's late October down in DC. I think he said, it's, I think he said it was the. With like the army or the marines, I can't remember exactly oh, that's what cool. it was. Maybe it was a military run. I can't remember. I feel like it was one of the branches though. Um, anywho, he said he got you know, some of his friends asked him if he wanted to run. He's like, uh, yeah, sure. So, um, recently he did a 24 hour race and within the first 30 minutes, he like twisted his ankle. Yikes. So he didn't get to go get as far as he wanted, but he ran, I think a total of 46, 46 miles. He ran 46 <clears throat> miles in 24 on a, on a, on a mess of like, uh, on a tweaked can, ankle. I'll see if I can find the picture for you. Like it's worse than tweaked. His his the level Ooh. of swollen that his ankle was is brutal. I cannot believe anyone would move on that, let alone yeah. run and and do that for the next twenty three and a half hours. Anywho, um, I was thinking like I wonder is there kind of like a threshold that you get past when you when you're doing these like distance runs because you're saying yeah a lot of people that are doing these long distance runs or training for marathons really get are getting injured but I, I was wondering like what about the people who run 15 20 miles almost daily mm-hmm. like as if as if it was nothing do like if you just get to a point where you move past those injuries your body is so used to that level of running that it's just kind of no big deal um where you could run <clears throat> like a half marathon or a marathon with little to no notice like Casey Neistat just posted a video the other day. I think last weekend he went out to run the Philadelphia half marathon and he posted a video about it saying how, uh, it was pretty much spur of the moment. He got contacted by one of the organizers the day before. He's like, yeah, I feel like running a half marathon. Yeah. Or maybe it was the other way around. He was like, I want to run and called him up and was able to get a bib the morning of. Right. And just ran 13.1. I was like, the amount of, the amount of training that people do for that. And he just like does it casually. And he said before, like he doesn't stop running because he's tired. He'll run like 15, 20 miles in the morning. Doesn't, he doesn't stop running because he's tired. He stops running because he's got like meetings and appointments and others and just yeah. life to live. Yeah. There are many mornings where I'll, when I used to do, just run the 13, that it wasn't so much me being tired. It was just more of either a mental block, but like, you know what? I'm done. Or like Casey Nice said that you've just got places to be. And there are days where, like, I had to run, like, 14 or 15. I just run a little bit more because you felt good. And at a certain point, you're running, and it's easier to continue running than it is to stop and then continue running. All that being said, though, 
I think that could just comes down to repetition and practice, right? Like the more you do it, the easier it yeah. becomes. And so if I was healthy and you were like, Hey, I'm going to run a half marathon tomorrow. I want you to run it with me for solidarity. I'd be like, yeah, sign me up. I'm ready to go tomorrow. Yeah. Um, I yeah. think it's also like mentally, it's not as big of a deal to me anymore. And that, that's just come from like years and years, not years and years, like maybe two years of running. And I mean, Carolyn's doing it right now. She's training for her first half marathon. She's going to be running the Philly half marathon. Oh yeah. Yeah. This year. Yeah. Do you want to run it? No. Hell no. Why not? Dude, I haven't run longer than like four miles uh, ever. I'll so push you on my back. It'll be fine. No. no. Um, but yeah, so we're running that. I am running, I am running a 5k though in a month. Nice. Where I've, are you running I've, the like, 5k? I've, uh, it's actually like just right by our the same park actually where the vegan festival was. Okay. One of one of uh, uh he coaches a lot of the morning classes, so he's typically Lane's uh, CrossFit coach. Mm-hmm. But um, he's coached a few of my classes too. He's a really cool guy. He he does a lot of distance runs, and so anytime there's a race in the area, he runs in it. And so he's always like advertising, oh, we run this five k, run yeah. this you know half marathon, run that race. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's just by our house, Glasgow Park, and. We'll be running in, run, running in it. I think it's, I think it's like October nice. 28th or something like that. Okay. I can't remember specifically. The, the, the good news. 20, yeah, 28th, I think. The good news about, the good news about, um, r- running a race, you'll find. This is your first race, you said? Yeah, I've, I've run plenty of 5Ks before. I mean, that's pretty much, it, the, the trail behind my office is like three and a half miles. So, yeah. I've, I, I haven't really run it too much this year. So, I gotta start running it some. Just for you know practice, but I've never run a race where I can't, you know I'm being timed running mm-hmm. with a lot of other people and that type of thing. Mm-hmm. That is what's going to be very fun because that race um, energy and the adrenaline is not something that is really easily mimicked on a regular run. And so yeah. while you've totally run that distance before. I think you'll find that you'll be able to run a little bit faster on race day just because of the energy of everyone running around you. Um, I think that'll be a really fun thing for you to experience. So I'm, I'm very excited for you. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, it'll be interesting. You know, yeah. I, when I, when I run, when I run on that trail, I'm like hardly ever competing for myself against it to like to match a certain pace. It just depends on how I'm feeling each day. Mm-hmm. And most, most of the time I don't even keep track. Um, I don't like starting activity on like run tracker. I don't even think I have run tracker on my phone. I haven't for years and I don't start anything on my Fitbit. So a lot of times I'm just kind of going at it and, and finishing when I finish. So, um, it'll be like, I kind of have, I kind of have a goal, like try to try to do it on, in under 30 minutes. So I don't yeah. think that's too, I don't think that's too crazy of a stretch for me. No. But like I said, I also haven't really run a distance. Like I haven't been running distance, um, or anything much more than a mile this year most of my most of my workouts have been restricted to crossfit and you know those are those are we we just don't run that type of that type of race so right the good news about your crossfit training is you're stronger core and sort of like fundamentally than you were before and so you'll find out that your body is much more efficient uh at running absolutely I mean, most of my workouts in the past have always been were either just me going for this run on the trail or like strictly weightlifting. Mm-hmm. CrossFit, CrossFit is very much uh, like a lot of endurance, a lot of stamina. It's it's like prepping me to be able to run longer distances and fa- at a faster pace. So right. I think it'll be fun. Yeah, I'm a, I'm I'm very excited to hear 
about how this uh, 5K goes for you. So like your yeah. first race. Um, and I think a 30-minute pace sounds like a very reasonable goal for you. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, definitely keep us updated. Yeah, we'll do. Um, I just need to, as I'm rehabbing, I'm, I'm sincerely hoping that I'll be able to get a few long runs in. Uh, just so that mentally I'll feel a lot more calm, confident and comfortable. I was like saying both of those words at the same time. Um, I want to feel both confident and more comfortable on, on that day so that it's not so much, like I'm not psyching myself out or, you know, making it harder than it needs to be. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. Now that being said, Carolyn and I are going with a friend of mine and his girlfriend to Denver this weekend. Um, we're going to go to Red Rocks. Um, so that, that concert is, uh, this weekend. Uh, we are going to see Gregory Allen Isakov. Uh, isn't that where you saw him last time? Wasn't it in, in Denver? No, we saw him in San Jose. San Jose. Okay. Yeah. We, uh, we flew to San Jose because he was performing, um, at a play at a venue called the Mountain Winery, which is very literal. Um, there is a winery on a mountain top right outside of San Jose, and the amphitheater is sort of right in the middle of like the stone structure. It is a very acoustically uh, sort of sound place, no pun intended. Um, and the great news is, I got two tickets in second row. For like thirty dollars each. Wow. Yeah. So, and he, you got your merch from last year, which I don't think came on time, right? Well, right, because stupidly, um, I just put it in my cart, and I guess I thought I checked out, and then I didn't. And then mm. when I went to go back, uh, they never sort of let me know. They're like not one of those e-commerce sites. They're like, hey, you left this thing in the <laughs> cart. Are you have you do you not want to check out? Um, and so I ended up buying. It, uh, yeah, thinking that it was going to come, and then it didn't, and I ended up buying the shirt uh, at the venue. So, well, a different shirt, obviously. Gotcha. I bought a yeah, yeah, yeah. shirt. Um, his album comes out in two weeks or three weeks, um, but I've always wanted to go to Red Rocks. I think the first time I truly fell in love with Red Rocks was watching the Mumford & Sons concert at red rocks and just feeling like that is such a great like classic americana open west venue that fit his music really well and i bought tickets so this is it's uh i guess it's kind of a funny story i bought tickets the day the thing came out uh the pre-sale came out and i bought eight tickets four pairs of tickets thinking that I was going to be able to either have more people come or offload some. And unfortunately, I wasn't able to offload four of them. So this is one of those situations where I thought I was going to be super smart and like, you know, get, uh, make some money off of this while still being able to go sort of like have it pay for itself. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to eat a little bit of the cost. What I'm thinking though, I was telling, um, Carolyn that it might be one of those things where, if I go there and like I see people who are like looking for tickets or whatever, that mm. I'm I might just give them out. I'm not. Wow, okay. I don't really feel like not, you ain't scalping. I'm not scalping it, dude. I just be like, hey, listen, I got a few extra tickets. Just just walk in with me. Um, and they're like, 
bomb tickets, dude. I have second row tickets. So it's like, if you think of like second, uh, so it's like left section, cent- center section, and right section. Uh, I have uh, a couple of tickets in the second row le- left section. So I was like, mm, it's not really centered. I don't know if I'm going to like that. I bought some other ones that are like fourth row right section. I was like, all right, it's still sort of like off to the side. But then I bought uh, two sections in the center that are like hopefully next to each other. I haven't been able to confirm that, but it, like the seat numbers are like 71, 72, 73, 74. So I'm thinking that we should be okay. I'm sincerely hoping that we're all able to sit together. Uh, but if not, like, uh, Carolyn and I will be able to sit together. Uh, Joe and his girlfriend Liliana are going to be able to sit together. So at least, like, you're not, like, sitting by yourself, obviously. Yeah. Um, but it'd be nice if, you know, the four of us were somewhat sitting together. Um, so we'll see. Feeling like I'm in a giving mood, Reza. Also super lazy. So you decide. <laughs> um, a little bit of both. A little, a little bit, bit of both. But we're going to fly into Denver on Friday. And then we're going to sort of walk around, get some brunch, uh, you know, explore Denver. And then the next morning uh, or next day, I don't know if it's like morning, but next day we're going to go to Rocky Mountain National Park. Uh, you know, there's a couple of really famous urban uh, like throughways. Uh, so there's a couple hundred miles worth of driving roads that are scenic byways that are like, uh, quote unquote, like top roads you need to drive in the state and. The one that we I want to go to or drive on um, is around two miles up from the sea level. So I'm thinking that that could be a really cool thing for all of us to experience. And it seems like it's one of those things where you can just park the car on the side of the road and just like walk out, take a photo, or like walk around. Yeah. So that would be really cool to experience. And then Sunday is the day of the show. Where we're hoping to, you know, take it easy, uh, grab some breakfast, not really rush, and then go to Red Rocks because it's still a national park. Uh, walk around, enjoy it, and then grab some dinner and the show. And then we come back and then we fly out at 8 a.m. the next day. So it's sort of like a, I'm hoping for it to be a super relaxed trip. Obviously. Which, I mean, it sounds like it'll be good. Yeah, I'm hoping it'll be good. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I like those. Yeah, I like those types of, of those weekends. Yeah. It's just, it's a short trip. You never, you like, you, it's almost impossible to leave feeling like I got everything out of that place. Right. Um, so you never, you never get to that point of just like kind of exhaustion with the, with the location that you've gone to. Yeah. Um, and it'll just kind of be like a nice escape, but you kind of get back to real life pretty quickly afterwards. Yeah, and what I like, though, is being at a place where you still miss it when you leave. You never want to feel like, at least mm-hmm. you, not you, but I never want to feel like I'm sick and tired of a place and I can't wait to leave. Right. So I'm hoping that this trip, I've been to Denver before, um, but it was for work. And so it wasn't like, I was like, oh, walking around, enjoying it. It was much more of a, oh, I'm here. And like, you'll just sort of like, you'll find a few times here and there to, to might like go get dinner or to like walk around, but you're still very much in work mode. I'm just hoping that I'll be able to just enjoy it for a little bit. So we'll see. Didn't you go there the year that they won the Super Bowl? I... 
remember going there when there was a game on. I don't remember if that was the year they won the Super Bowl. Okay. I just remember that you were thinking about, like, oh, you, it would be gr- awesome to go to the game. And I think you landed, I think, I think, I feel like you landed later than you were supposed to. Um, by the time you got to your room, you were just like exhausted and just like passed out. Yes. So you're right. I, it wasn't a Super Bowl game per se, but it was definitely a Broncos game. And yeah, yeah. my hotel was downtown. And it was like, yeah, if you want to go, you totally can go. But I didn't. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. It'll be ex- it'll be exciting just to like get out of the city for a little bit, you know. Yeah, definitely. Um, do you guys have any trips coming up? Um, I feel like I might be missing something, but the only thing that's coming to my mind right now is our trip to England. I mean, we're going to be gone for a month. I, gotta, I haven't even talked to you about like how we're going to do the podcast. Then we're going to be gone. We're going to be in England from uh. December seventh to January third, I believe. Okay. So we're gonna we're gonna be gone for a minute, and that's the one that's coming out. That's the one that's popping out to me right now. I don't think we're going anywhere else. Uh, I mean, that's a very substantial trip. It is a huge trip, uh, and the timing of it's kind of interesting. I mean, we talked a little bit about it this week. I was telling you on um on our chat. Mm-hmm. My 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 code is finally coming together. Um, for my for my final project for my dissertation. And while I'd hope to have it finished, uh, like I, I honestly wanted to have this thing done like three months ago, the coding done, mm-hmm. and it's taken me a much longer. Um, it's just kind of like, okay, the end of this project is in sight, which means the end of the dissertation as well is in sight or is in sight as well. Because, um, when I finish this paper, I don't have any more work. I don't have any more projects to work on. I have like kind of a few loose ends to, to, uh, to, to, to handle with like the other components of the pro of my uh, dissertation and my thesis, mm-hmm. but those projects are, are actually all complete. And so the loose ends that, are, um, that remain is really just like writing up a bunch of like documentation and releasing the code, um, just to my lab, this code, that code isn't being released to the public. And so it's actually a relatively easy deployment. And these stuff are just kind of sitting on, you know, in a folder somewhere, whenever people need an analysis, I run it myself. Um, but you know, with me leaving, obviously it would make sense for everyone else to be able to run it at their own at their own leisure. And so it'll really just be a matter of <clears throat> of writing. I say just as if like it's a simple thing. That's it's it's it'll be a several month long process. But but still, when I don't have to do any more development creation, you know, that type of work, it's just write up everything that you've worked on over your over your time here. And so it's like it's very relieving to think about. And hopefully at that time period when we're away, that's what I'm primarily focusing on. So I don't have to worry about, you know, communicating with this person or that person about a particular project. And I'm also hoping that at that time I can start or maybe continue applying to jobs for when I graduate. Oh, definitely. Yeah. We should yeah. definitely talk about how we want to do the, uh, the podcast, but that's also still not something that we have to like, super worried about right now yeah i mean theoretically it should it could just work as simply as it does now um the only difference is i'm five hours ahead so right knock it out knock it out in your morning um my afternoon something like yeah. that i don't know i feel like we could also probably uh try and front load a few episodes yeah we could do that too. especially because there's a, a few days where not only are you in uh 
uh, what's it called in England, but I'll be celebrating New Year's at the annual house. Yeah. Right. So we should yeah. probably figure out a way to to both be able to just you know bang this out. No, no issues, no fuss. Content still coming mm-hmm. out. You know, like and subscribe, and uh, <laughs> we'll be uh, we'll be fine. We'll be sort of able to to manage everything well. Yeah, definitely. Um, should we talk about how we're coming to a point now where old mainstays like Call of Duty uh, and Battlefield are like being put under what I essentially call peer review uh, <laughs> to see if uh, the project will get funding or not. Yeah. Um, yeah, we definitely can. I mean, I, is it just us or is it the rest of the world too? I think let's, let's just focus in on our perspective first. On us, our perspective. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, so, I mean, you and I, I, I can talk, I can talk from my point of view. Uh, and let you talk from yours. I'm I'm at a point where just gaming is 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 just not anywhere near a. Uh, it's not anywhere near an activity that I can that I can um, partake in as much as I used to. So the amount of hours, like the the amount of hours that I can put into it per week, is just so much smaller than it was a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And so the time it takes for me to complete a game. Like if I'm just playing a single player story game, which has an, you know an, uh, a beginning, middle, end, and uh, you know I can put it back on the shelf and be like, okay, I I got everything I could out of that story, out of that game. Um, it takes me so much longer now to complete a story to to complete a game like that nowadays. And so the and and yet the amount of games that there are that are like super enticing, appealing, and interesting, like I'm interested in getting, just seems to increase every year, and. At the same time, it's like, oh, and, and while I have the money to afford them, I just don't have the time to dedicate to them. So I'm starting to like feel, I'm starting to feel like I need to make better decisions when it comes to what types of things I should be purchasing. I mean, you and I bought, uh, Call of Duty World War II last year and for a variety of reasons, not to mention just, not, not to mention, uh, the, the lack of time that we had to play it, but just started to feel like the game was not as fun as it used to be. Mm-hmm. compared to things like Fortnite, which we had started at least at that time. And so you, you all of a sudden, you just kind of have these other games that are competing for this like super limited amount of time that we have to play. And it's like, that's not going to be like that. I can't, I'm not going to be bothered. I'm not going to waste my time. I'm I'm not getting the, the fun. I'm not getting like entertained by it or having a good time with it. And so it's like, all right, well, let's move on to the next thing. While I certainly would say that Battlefields was a game that really was... Overall, the, our experiences with Battlefield 1 were really positive. It also still feels like, again, is this the most exciting game that's coming out next year or with it, or the next month, really? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and when we have things like Red Dead Redemption 2 coming out, it's like, all right, well, that, I mean, that's pretty clear, clear cut, uh, a top contender. And again, that's, that's going to take like how many, how many hundreds of hours do you think? It would take for you to experience all of Red Dead to 100% the way you would normally 100% a game. Probably 60 to 100 hours. Yeah. I would say at least. I would say more. I would say like 150 to 200. Everything it has to offer, I think 100 hours. You think so? I so, think all so. Right, re- regardless, that, that is a, that's a lot of time in game to spend and like the, to, to do 100 hours, like you, you, we could, we could bang out 100 hours in, like a month or so in the past, a mm-hmm. hundred hours is going to take take like six months now. Yeah, a hundred percent. I feel like it, I feel like it would take you like a year. 
It could theoretically. I think <laughs> based like on the you, way a year. Yeah, my my gaming habits have fallen precipitously. It reminds me of when I was in college. I, I used to love gaming. Um, when I was a freshman and sophomore in college, I just completely stopped. The only things I played were Guitar Hero because that's that's just what the people on my floor were playing. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, like all all gaming stopped. Um, I didn't bother getting any of the new systems. A lot of the people on the floor were playing like Halo. I think Halo Three came out that year. Um, no, it must have come out the year before. Uh, I know GTA Four came out that year. And, and that was a time, that was a period of time where, um, I started to like see not just like the, the pirating of music and movies, but starting to see for the first time pirating of like video games and software and people with like modded Xbox 360s being able to download the, uh, and that game was leaked early. So a lot of people with like hacked Xboxes were able to play GTA 4 before it actually came out in stores. Yeah. So, uh. And I just like, while I thought the game was cool, I was like, honestly, I have zero interest in actually pursuing this in any way, shape, or form. Starting to feel like that time. Yeah. Um, I think it's about making sure that, for me, whenever I get a chance to sit down and just play a video game, that I'm having uh, a good time. And you and I are hyper-competitive people who don't like to lose. Um, but we also find a lot of enjoyment in playing a game where you and I are forced to operate at a pretty high level um, in order to to win. To win. And I, it's unfortunately something that with Fortnite, for as long as we've been able to play Fortnite, which I think is one of the best bang for your buck games we've ever had. Considering it's free. Considering it's free, <laughs> we only put a limited amount of money into it. I think I I'm, put like I probably put 10, 10, 15 bucks. Yeah, I think I put twenty bucks in, like max. Uh, that you know we got we got a good amount out of it. However, as you know, the summer hit and we were still working, and you were still working, but these kids were able to stay home and they understood <laughs> how to like improve at the game. And I think that you and I, me for sure, you not as much. But I really, my ability to play really suffered. Um, And so our ability to win started to drop pretty pretty precipitously. And I think that, you know, when you and I don't do well, we can feel it from each other. Yeah, absolutely. And so that frustration is actually pretty contagious. Um, and I still blame Cooper. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like the contagious, the contagious aspect of it started with him. It's like, oh, he sets it off, and everyone else. Do you remember? You remember when Danny was going? He was like nice and calm, really, really like mellow. Hi guys, I'm here. Exactly. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you play with Cooper for two hours, and you start yelling at the top of your lungs. Right. It's one of those things where if you and I only have a few minutes to play, and by a few minutes, I mean like what, like 30, like 30 minutes, minutes, 40 minutes yeah. a day, uh, it doesn't really become, it becomes almost a gamble to see if you're going to have a good time or not. And ideally, that's not the case, right? Ideally, when you and I turn on the box, we're going to be having a good time. And so, as of right now, I think... Correct me if I'm wrong. We've decided to revert back to an earlier model 
of gaming, which is you and I play separate games, separate single-player games, where yeah. we can sort of sit back and relax. Instead of, instead of a lean-forward game, where it's much more of a lean-back, relax session. Literally reclining the sofa, just like chilling yeah and then like we're we're on the mic together it we we can talk to each other but at the same time we're not even playing the same game right and i really appreciate that because you and i get to sort of hang out and we just enjoy like sort of it's almost like the game that we're playing is a surrogate for just us hanging out like giving us something to do yeah, absolutely. And that, to me, is a much more enjoyable use of my time and also a much healthier use of our time so that our stress levels don't increase uh, needlessly. I think that, you know, the endeavors that we're sort of, you know, putting our real energy into every day... Uh, is energy enough that would it sort of demands your focus and i don't mm-hmm. think that is healthy where we are doing something that is meant to help us recharge further take our sort of uh energy and, and put an additional negative strain on our day i just don't think that's a smart way to use our time I completely agree with you. I mean, like, like you mentioned, the, the level, the, we're both competitive and I've tried to like think about, I've tried to think about how to explain kind of like a passion for gaming, especially, uh, because like there's different, there's different, uh, genres of games, different like styles of games. Obviously there's the single player games that we were talking about, which are primarily story driven. You're, you're receiving a story as you play through the game and you're of course taking on challenges and trying to compete against the game the artificial intelligence that was programmed into the game to succeed and and progress through the story and as you do that you get more and more uh of more and more of that story and and, an understanding for that world but then of course there are other games that have you know little to no story whatsoever and you're competing against other people. And in that aspect, it's almost like emulating a sport, you know, but from the comfort of your own living room or computer room, or whatever it is. And in that sense, you get to compete against other people and try to be the best. And in a game like Call of Duty, where, you know, in the past where we were playing at 6v6, you know, maybe 9v9. And that, in that aspect, you're only, you're only competing against six other enemies. It's a relatively small playing field. But the thing about Fortnite and uh, the Call of Duty Blackout, beta that you and i played it's 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 the two of us versus 98 other people right it is difficult to be the top team in when you're when you're one of 50 consistently 50 teams and the level of randomness like of course there's random elements that are going to cause um you know your death or losing or whatever it is in a in a 6v6 game but considering the fact that there's no respawning in uh in these in these battle royale games and the randomness of you know what you know you, you thought you were going to a fight you know one team versus another team and it started that way but then all of a sudden two other teams showed up in the middle of your fight and at that point you were just screwed there was nothing or or very little that you could have done to escape that situation alive and so in scenarios like that it's like all right it's frustrating i want to win my time's very limited i'm not going to get the win that i thought we were going to get but at the same time, it's like, you know what? There's just stuff, there's just some stuff that you can't control. And I, and I tried, I always tried to be conscious of that. 
when we were playing Fortnite, like, you know what? The competition level is super high. Not to mention the fact that the skill ceiling, I would say, is way higher than it has been in Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we, we just don't have the time to... We don't have the time to be able to compete consistently at that level. And in other games, I think uh, it would have been okay. We would still be able to fare better. But I think that there's... Well, A, the the uh, the, the complexity of the building mechanic. But then B just the the different style of play that you had to have in a battle royale game that it just it was it's much different than what we are what we have ever been used to and again we don't have the time to put in to like figure out and get better and so it's just like well it's 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 extremely fun i think i definitely think it's really fun but it's also extremely challenging and it can be frustrating again when we don't have the time to play when you feel like you know, oh, I, I, you know, how many games did we play this week? Oh, we played this many games. Maybe, maybe we played like four times, five times that week, like five days that week, which can be a lot for some people. But at the same time, we didn't win a single game. Uh, it, it just feels like, oh, I'm not getting any better. Like, why, why am I wasting my time with this? And so, right. making that decision, I think, to switch to to, to switch to primarily like narrative-driven games, I just feel like I'm going to get a level of enjoyment out of these mm-hmm. um, that that I, I haven't been getting out of like, and again, like I said, I I definitely enjoy playing Fortnite. It's like, it's not like anyone (laughs) was like forcing me to play, you know, I, I definitely had a lot of fun playing it. Um, but I think there's like a, uh, a level of just refreshment that will come from, from the shift. Yes. And I think that hopefully that, uh, sort of reverting back or that shift will lead to us sort of finding a love for, for gaming again. I think that we treated it almost like a, like a skill that needed to be improved upon. And it's tough. It's almost like going and suiting up for a competition where you just didn't... You sort of just came unprepared. And the results <laughs> of coming unprepared are brutal, swift, and unforgiving. And it's very evident when you feel like you're doing well versus when you're not doing well. And when I say it's unforgiving, it's one of those things where, yeah, you could do, you could be doing well for 99% of the game. And then, like you said, the randomness or the skill ceiling put together, those are two very unpredictable variables that can uh, sort of quickly end whatever campaign you had in that particular moment. Yeah. I'd say the other nice thing about, um, playing like story driven games, single player, solo games, whatever it is, is, uh, the freedom to be able to just kind of hop in, hop out at will. It depends on the game, of course, that you're playing, but, um, in a game like Fallout or, or like Deus Ex, you literally can save any position ever. So like, you know, if I walk into a room, it, let, let's say I wake up or, you know, it's like Saturday morning, wake up and I want to go get breakfast with Lena and, Maybe she's in the shower and I'm like, Oh, I got like 15 minutes to kill. I can hop in the world, make do 15 minutes of stuff. And as soon as she comes downstairs, just like pause the game, hit save and leave. I can be in the middle of anything in the world. I can be in the middle of a fight. I can be in, doing whatever it is and I can just get up and leave. And in a game where it's again, competitive or online or whatever it is, you don't have that freedom. You have to, you know, of course you could turn the game off. Um, but you lose whatever progress or you, you lose the opportunity of, of, of winning. And so that's the kind of the nice thing, the unpredictability of my day, uh, a lot of times and being able to just kind of 
up and leave whenever I need to. A hundred percent. Um, I totally, totally empathize with that. And I just wish that we were better. Uh, I also wish that it was just one of those things, uh, that you could invest more time into. And it's also conversely something that, you know, based on our lifestyles, we've decided that there are other things that are more important to be investing our time into. Yeah. And so while I think we will always yearn, yearn, I think you and I would always yearn, <clears throat> excuse me, to, to want to play and to want to go back to those days where, you know, you and I are just pub stomping, uh, public lobbies. It's just also one of those things where you realize that maybe it's important to only look forward to playing, always have something where you and I earlier in the day can be like, oh man, you sound like you're free. I sound like I'm free. Maybe we'll, you know, we'll get a chance to, <laughs> to get together. And then, you know, you sort of realize that it's not always going to be possible to do so. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Makes me very I, sad. Uh... Makes me very sad. But I also understand the, frankly, the nature of things. Yeah, it's a you know it's a, it's a thing that you do in your free time, and of course, as you get older, you get more and more responsibilities. Um, it's the same thing as it's the same with anything in life. I imagine you know if you're if you love playing basketball or any hobby, I should say, if you love playing basketball or tennis or whatever it is. I mean, you you get married, you have kids, you know, you lose the you lose your your time. Like you don't you just don't have this huge chunk of free time anymore because there's time that needs to be shared with other people. There's, there's responsibilities that you have. You know, it's easy for me to like when it's easy for, it was easy for a single Reza to be like, Oh, I'll take care of the, the dishes later because you know, I can, ain't nobody going to like complain to me because I'm the only person who I have to worry about. But when you have maybe a wife or you have kids, it's like, Oh, if you leave the dishes in the sink and it's like, you know, midnight, they're not going to really appreciate uh, you know, putting it off to the next day because they need that in the morning. You know, I can deal with the consequences of having not done the dishes the next day, but maybe they're not going to be deal with it so well. And so it's like, okay, certain things just need to be done at a certain time. Right. And therefore, and, and again, like, you know, I'm sharing my time with somebody else because that's just one of the things that we do. Right. Sure. I, I, it would like, so, uh, Lena started taking a class recently and, and like last weekend she was spending a lot of time like reading and it's like, ah, oh, this kind of like, it's weird. It kind of sucks. Like we're not, we're not spending the time together like the way we, the way we normally would. And it's kind of like a, ah, this is what it's going to be like in a few years for us when maybe, uh, I had like, we had like, if we have multiple kids, right? It's like, okay, maybe one of us has to take the kids to this thing and the other one has to take the kid to this thing. It's like, oh, we might go like the entire weekend without really like speaking to each other or seeing each other. And it's kind of like a weird thought because I'm just like, I'm so ready to have like all of my free time be shared with her. And, and I think the same for, for her, uh, like, you know, vice versa. And I know I've kind of like switched gears a little bit, but it's just kind of like an interesting or just a shift in the way, the way life goes when you're, when you're like maybe in your early twenties or like in college compared to how it is 10 years later. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's sort of the natural progression of things. Um, that being said, I think you and I have found that, you know, a strong passion of ours isn't just gonna, isn't just gonna like, uh, disappear on us. 
right? Definitely not. So yeah. it's uh, it's sort of like the a natural balance of things. Also, um, it's kind of nice to be able to just uh, hopefully continue this passion of ours in a, in a healthier way. Uh, that being said, there's going to be games in the future that are coming out that I think you and I will mm-hmm. like. And we'll probably buy and be able to play together again. I think what I really liked about the division was it felt like that you and I are playing together against you know uh, yeah. enemies. Um, but the enemies were tough enough where it felt like you know you were still playing as humans. But you don't have to deal with like the toxicity of things. You don't have to worry about like you know kids with uh, who are trying to act tough or act cool, like you know being really foul and disrespectful and all that stuff. It's just. You just want to be able to have like a clean, healthy, like try and you're basically trying to control as many of the variables as possible so that you maximize your enjoyment out of something that you're not really going to be able to go to the well for too long for. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, that to- the toxicity is a huge part of it. Um, I don't really like to play games with people that I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, so much of my gaming experience was really just, you know, me by myself in the living room or, you know, in my bedroom. And if there was any multiplayer component to it, it was like GoldenEye where the person was sitting right next to you. And so like the, the shift to online gaming was kind of like a weird one for me. And that's also why I wasn't super interested in some of the games in the, uh, like when we were late high school, early college, because I just didn't have any interest in doing that type of like competitive stuff. And obviously, like it, be- it became a thing for me, but certainly not anywhere near the level that it was for a lot of those people out there. You know, those competitive players or near, comp- like like pro players. When I say competitive, or the near pro players, um, and I don't know. Like I- I've always, like I- again, I'll-, I'll certainly, certainly have the appeal for it, but I think I'm I'm always going to gravitate to like a stronger like co op experience um, than 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 uh the competitive stuff because it's just something that's super relaxing and i i'm I'm super excited for division that'll be one that we definitely play yeah and that'll be fun uh for sure so until then i think you will be playing games like uh like what uh monster hunter fallout 1770 is it 17 or just fallout 76 uh, the, the call of Fallout, Fallout 76, it's, uh, I think it's 2176. 21, not, not 1776. Yeah, not 1776. Yeah. Um, and I will be playing Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, I, might, I was actually thinking about recently getting, like, maybe God of War. Uh, oh, yeah. cause that won a ton of awards. Um, but, eh, we'll see. Maybe I'll get it when it's like really cheap. Um, <laughs> And I think that's another thing too. Like I know we talked about uh, a lot of other reasons, but you know I think also another important reason is just like saving money, not needing to buy games the day it comes out when you and I can you know buy it a few months later and uh, get the same enjoyment out of it with saving a couple bucks. It's, and again, like you said, it's not because we can't afford it. I think it's just a better and a smarter use of our money. Yeah, absolutely. Also, by the way, uh, 76 actually is a reference to the vault number that you're coming out of. So Fallout 76, the year it takes place is 2102, oh. which is 25 years after the nuclear uh, fallout that, uh, you know, uh, taking place in the narrative of the game. Um, but 76 is literally just the vault number, nothing else. 
Gotcha. Okay. Um, but yeah, definitely being smarter with the money. I mean, we talked about it a lot with reference to a lot of stuff. I mean, even Movie Pass, and when you were talking about just kind of like feeling like a chore to go to the movies to get your money's worth that month because you didn't have time to make it. And she's like, well, why am I, why am I spending money on this? Like, yeah, I, my, my bank account isn't necessarily like, it's not, it's not gonna, I'm not breaking the bank to do this, but if I could spend my money in a better way, if I can invest it in something else or buy something else, um, like why not do that instead? That's kind of the idea, I guess. Right. Yeah. Knowing that you're not, knowing that you're not able to get the value out of something that's that, that while you're, while you have the. Ex, uh, the uh, extra money, maybe, to be able to afford it. You know, you're not you're not like choosing between dinner one night and this activity. Um, just knowing that it's still not worth it's not worth that cost. Right, right. Um. Anyways, uh, I think I think that's it for me. All right. Should we get out of here? Yeah, yeah, let's get out of here. Yeah, let's do it. All right, I'm Reza. I'm Sandy. Thanks so much for listening. We will see you guys next week.